You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here. We're reading the Bible as a conversation so that we can find our next best yes in our relationship with God. Here in Exodus, God is now infusing his people with a sense of order. They had been cruelly governed by evil slavers in Egypt. And now that they're free, God knew that they wouldn't do well to live however they wanted. That ultimately leads to chaos. So God has been showing them what it looks like to be governed by a good, holy, and just God. It's a theocracy. There's order, there are standards, there are expectations, and it it sounds restricting, right? So many people who don't know what they're talking about, but still want to talk about the Bible anyway, they look at passages like this here that we're going to look at today and see, look, God's just about a bunch of laws and you got to do this and you got to do that. And if you don't, he's going to punish you. And like they zoom in on these laws and make judgments about God and about how mean he is. And that, that's that been going on for millennia. It's, it's what happened where we got to the Pharisees in the time of Jesus. Like they also held all of these things as, as law, which I mean is true, but took it just to an nth degree of extrapolating all these ideas about who God is because of them. And it continues today where people dismiss the God of the Bible because they see this God of the Old Testament as a God that they don't want to follow. And listen, it's within these boundaries that God knows we can be truly free, happier and healthier than if we could go wherever we wanted. Yeah, and here I go switching into talking about we and us, not just them, because like I've said, the story of Israel leaving Egypt is the story of us leaving a life of sin. And this episode, we're going to see more boundaries set by God. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot. It's not an easy read. It's not an easy listen. But at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about why this matters. So until then, put yourself in the shoes of the Israelites and wrestle with the weight of the standards God is setting here. What do they teach us about God? What do they teach us about ourselves? Let's read Exodus 19 through 22. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai, they encamped in the wilderness, and there Israel encamped before the mountain. Moses went up to God, and Yahweh called to him out of the mountain, saying, This is what you shall tell the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession from among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation." These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. 
Moses came and called for the elders of the people and set before them all these words which Yahweh commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh has spoken will do. Moses reported the words of the people to Yahweh. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak to you, and may also believe you forever. Moses told the words of the people to Yahweh. Yahweh said to Moses, Go to the people, and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, Yahweh will come down in the sight of all the people on Mount Sinai. You shall set bounds to the people all around, saying, Be careful that you don't go up onto the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it's an animal or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come up to the mountain. Moses went down from the mountain to his people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready by the third day. Don't have sexual relations with a woman. On the third day, when it was morning, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of an exceedingly loud trumpet and all the people who were in the camp trembled. Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the lower part of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai smoked because Yahweh descended on it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. When the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered to him by a voice. Yahweh came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. Yahweh called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Yahweh said to Moses, Go down. Warn the people, lest they break through to Yahweh to gaze, and many of them perish. Let the priests also who come near to Yahweh sanctify themselves, lest Yahweh break out on them. Moses said to Yahweh, The people can't come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and sanctify it. Yahweh said to him, Go down. You shall bring Aaron up with you, but don't let the priests and the people break through to come up to Yahweh, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them, God spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol, nor any image of anything that's in the heavens above, or that's in the earth beneath, or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them, for I, Yahweh your God, am a jealous God." visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, and on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me, and showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of Yahweh your God, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You shall labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. You shall do no work in it, you nor your son nor your daughter, your male servant nor your female servant, nor your livestock, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land which Yahweh your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that's your neighbor's. All the people perceived the thunderings, the lightnings, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountains smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stayed at a distance. They said to Moses, Speak with us yourself, and we'll listen to it, but don't let God speak with us lest we die. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, that you won't sin. The people stayed at a distance, and Moses came near to the thick darkness where God was. Yahweh said to Moses, This is what you shall tell the children of Israel. You yourselves have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall most certainly not make gods of silver or gods of gold for yourselves to be alongside me. You shall make an altar of earth for me and shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your cattle. In every place where I record my name, I'll come to you and I will bless you. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of cut stones. For if you lift up your tool on it, you've polluted it. You shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness may not be exposed to it. Now these are the ordinances which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free without paying anything. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he's married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife, and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go free, then his master shall bring him to God, and shall bring him to the door or to the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. If a man sells his daughter to be a female servant, she shall not go out as the male servants do. If she doesn't please her master who has married her to himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since he has dealt deceitfully with her. If he marries her to his son, he shall deal with her as a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, and her marital rights. If he doesn't do these three things for her, she may go free without paying any money. One who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. But not if it is unintentional, but God allows it to happen, then I will appoint you a place where he shall flee. If a man schemes and come presumptuously on his neighbor to kill him, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. Anyone who attacks his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Anyone who kidnaps someone and sells him, or if he's found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. Anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. If men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist and he doesn't die but is confined to bed, if he rises again and walks around with his staff, then he who struck him shall be cleared. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall provide for his healing until he's thoroughly healed. If a man strikes his servant or his maid with a rod and he dies under his hand, the man shall surely be punished. Notwithstanding, if his servant gets up after a day or two, he shall not be punished for the servant is his property. If men fight and hurt a pregnant woman so that she gives birth prematurely, and yet no harm follows, he shall be surely fined as much as the woman's husband demands and the judges allow. But if any harm follows, then you must take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. 
If a man strikes his servant's eye or his maid's eye and destroys it, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. If he strikes out a male servant's tooth or his female servant's tooth, he shall let the servant go free for his tooth's sake. If a bull gores a man or a woman to death, the bull shall surely be stoned, and its meat shall not be eaten, but the owner of the bull shall not be held responsible. But if the bull had had a habit of goring in the past, and this had been testified to its owner, and he has not kept it in, but it has killed a man or woman, the bull shall be stoned, and its owner shall also be put to death. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed. Whether it has gored a son or has gored a daughter, according to the judgment, it shall be done to him. If the bull gores a male servant or a female servant, thirty shekels of silver shall be given to their master, and the ox shall be stoned. If a man opens a pit, or if a man digs a pit and doesn't cover it, and a bull or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make it good. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead animal shall be his. If one man's bull injures another's so that it dies, then they shall sell the live bull and divide its price, and they shall also divide the dead animal. Or if it's known that the bull was in the habit of goring in the past and its owner has not kept it in, he shall surely pay bull for bull, and the dead animal shall be his own. Apparently, bull goring was quite the issue here among the Israelites, and we have to lay down a lot of laws to negotiate our way around that. But can we just say, since we're paused here, uh, all of these laws, they're not about being restrictive, saying, don't do this, don't do that. And it's not even, well, my wrath says this, you must be put to death. God is prioritizing a couple of things here. One, his holiness and the holiness of his people. Let's just get rid of sin. If there is sin, a sin issue going on here, we need to get rid of that so that it doesn't spread like the disease that it is. Also, God is just laying down the structure and framework for how life can work best. To be fair, have you noticed a lot of these laws are just like, yeah, well, that would be fair. And God's preventing people from having the opportunity to take advantage of other people and get away with things. That's the heart behind all of these laws. Since we're paused, I wanted to mention that, but we can keep going now. So now that we're done talking about bulls, let's keep going. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt of bloodshed for him. If the sun has risen on him, he is guilty of bloodshed. He shall make restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen property is found in his hand alive, whether it's an ox, donkey, or sheep, he shall pay double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be eaten by letting his animal loose and it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and from the best of his own vineyard. If fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that the shocks of grain or the standing grain or the field are consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man delivers to his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it's stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. If the thief isn't found, then the master of the house shall come near to God to find out whether or not he has put hand on his neighbor's goods. For every matter of trespass, whether it is for ox, for donkey, for sheep, for clothing, or for any kind of lost thing about which one says, this is mine, the cause of both parties shall come before God. He whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any animal to keep, and it dies, or is injured, or driven away, no man seeing it, the oath of Yahweh shall be between them both. 
he has not put his hand on his neighbor's goods, and its owner shall accept it, and he shall not make restitution. But if it's stolen from him, the one who stole shall make restitution to its owner. If it's torn in pieces, let him bring it for evidence. He shall not make good that which was torn. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor's, and it's injured or dies, its owner not being with it, he shall surely make restitution. If the owner is with it, he shall not make it good. If it's a leased thing, it came for its lease. If a man entices a virgin who isn't pledged to be married and lies with her, he shall surely pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. You shall not allow a sorceress to live. Whoever has sex with an animal shall surely be put to death. He who sacrifices to any god except to Yahweh only shall be utterly destroyed. You shall not wrong an alien or oppress him, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall not take advantage of any widow or fatherless child. If you take advantage of them at all, and they cry at all to me, I'll surely hear their cry, and my wrath will grow hot, and I'll kill you with a sword, and your wives shall all be widows, and your children fatherless. If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be to him as a creditor. You shall not charge him interest. If you take your neighbor's garment as collateral, you shall restore it to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering. It's his garment for his skin. What would he sleep in? It will happen when he cries to me that I will hear, for I am gracious. You shall not blaspheme God, nor curse a ruler of your people. You shall not delay to offer from your harvest and from the outflow of your presses. You shall give the firstborn of your sons to me. You shall do likewise with your cattle and with your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days, and then on the eighth day you shall give it to me. You shall be holy men to me. Therefore you shall not eat any meat that's torn by animals in the field. You shall cast it to the dogs. Well, that's a lot, isn't it? And I'll be honest, this isn't the end of all the laws. It feels like God's just pounding Israel with a huge block of laws. It'd be impossible to keep them all, right? Like, what's the point? Well, like any good laws, first, they exist to protect the people, right? Keep them from hurting themselves or others, both physically and spiritually. And this sets them apart so that they can look different, not in a prideful, better-than-you way, but in a way that would make surrounding nations wonder why they're healthier and happier. The answer, of course, would be God. But the other point of having an impossibly heavy load of laws is just that. To get them to admit the law is impossibly heavy, impossible to obey. How can they possibly be right with God? That is the key question. And the answer is coming. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.